0: Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. Today we're going to be joined by Steve Pruitt the Mustang Club of America president. And so first, I'd like to welcome you to, uh, to our podcast, Steve. Glad to be here. Well, we appreciate it. I know a lot of folks are very familiar with Mustang Club of America. And unfortunately, though, there are still some that are not as familiar with Mustang Club of America uh, as you would think, because, of course, Mustang Club of America is the largest uh, Mustang Club in the world. And I, I know it's been a while since I've even asked this question, but uh, what is the membership number up to?
0: We're hovering right around twenty-two
1: thousand. Oh, that's 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 amazing because I think it was a few years back it was not quite that high. I mean, it was, it was great, a good number, but uh, twenty-two thousand obviously is is well, it's getting a bigger and bigger reach, which is awesome. So, yep. uh, I wanted to just go ahead and just chat a little bit about Mustang Club of America. You've been the president over overall for almost seven, going on your eighth year. You have seen a lot of things have changed. A lot of things have. Gone different directions, and so obviously you've got your fingers on the pulse. And so I'm hoping you just kind of sh- talk and share a little bit about where Mustang Club of America is going, but also what are the benefits of being a member of the Mustang Club of America?
0: Well, one of the biggest benefits of being a Mustang Club of America member is our monthly magazine, Mustang Times. Uh, the current editor is Donald Farr, who people can recall reading Donald Farr's work in Mustang Monthly when he was the editor for that and several other automotive periodical magazines that Donald's worked on Um, we have four national shows a year with judging in 80 classes so no matter what your Mustang is what year it is whether it's modified stock original so on and so forth there's a class for every Mustang and every year in our national shows and we try to spread these national shows out across the country Um, uh, and of course The other benefit is the Mustang Club of America website uh, as a digital. uh, First of all, let me back up a little bit. We have three currently have three levels of membership. Our standard level includes a hard copy of the monthly magazine, access to the Mustang Club of America website, the uh, ability to participate in national shows and have your car judged. Uh, That level of membership is referred to as a standard membership, and it costs fifty dollars a year. We have another level. For $35 a year, a digital membership, which is everything that I just mentioned. Only your magazine is online. It's a digital magazine. Uh, then we have currently have an associate membership, which is only $25 a year. And uh, that basically allows you to register in a national show and have your card judged to MCA standards. That's really the only benefit of the uh, associate membership the digital and standard memberships also have access to Ford's X-plan pricing on uh, new v- new Ford vehicles. They have a few exceptions like some of the Shelby's uh they don't uh accept X-plan for but virtually all trucks and uh SUVs and everything Ford accepts the X-plan for those and can save a member a substantial amount of money uh, off of the purchase of a new car. Um one of the
1: things I think that's important to kind of note that uh Mustang Club of America is not only about national car shows. I think a lot of people have the, oh, yeah, if I have a restored Mustang, that's what I, where I want to go and and have my car judged and such. And I think sometimes people are a little concerned about it, especially for someone that's new, to have their car judged. Um, I'm sure you've had all kinds of people show up with different ideas on what that actually means. But uh, one of the things I've, I've noticed over the years uh, that has seemed to be a really... Uh, I I think a great point of what what Mustang Club America is doing is that the judging has become more uniform. Uh, a bit. What I mean by that is that the judges are actually uh, I don't I don't want to say they're taking classes, but they are having meetings and talking about how to keep keep a, so that a car judged on the West Coast will have a similar look looking uh, response from a judge on the East Coast. So there's a uniformity to that because I think sometimes. People can get confused, a little misunderstood, standing about what judging is about. Uh, the idea is that Mustang Club America there is to help them improve their car, if that's what they wanted to do. It's not about just about arbitrarily judge the car and that's it. They really hope that they can actually shed a light on how to improve the appearance of their car to whatever level that owner wants to go to. So I think that's an important aspect that uh, people need to understand. is It's not a matter of judging a car, it's a matter of how to help improve the car so that it gets to a higher standard, but it's also a standard that the owner wants. So am I correct with that?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the judging is a big aspect, uh, depending on where you want to take your car as far as, you know, to perfection or just uh, generally acceptable. The the judges on the show field. I mean, all of our judging is standardized. We use the same judging uh, at a national show in the Western United States as the same judging sheet as we use in the Eastern or, or Central United States. It's it's the it's the same judging sheet that's used it no matter what national show, what locale you're at. The judges, uh, we encourage the participants to, you know, let the judges do their work when they're on the field because typically. After the judging is over, the judges will be back on the field visiting with owners, talking about their cars, pointing out little items that need to be improved. And the most important aspect is after you've had your car judged at a national show, you can request a copy of your judging sheet from uh, our national headquarters. And then you can take that judging sheet uh, and go through it. Uh, The judges should indicate their phone number. So if you want to call them for questions, Uh, but you can go through that judging sheet. And go about correcting the items that you had points deducted for. So, uh, as you mentioned, it, it's to improve the car, make the car better, and raise and raise the car up to a higher level, uh, is, is one of our primary goals in judging it nationally. Uh, and, you know, along with that, uh, national auctions such as Barrett Jackson, uh, Meekum, and other auctions uh, that uh, auction cars off. A lot of people who put their cars in these auctions will display MCA judging sheets and awards with their cars. So it's kind of a little documentation thing.
1: Well, I think that's important, when, especially in that level, when you are going to decide to sell your car at an auction, that people going to realize that it has been reviewed, it has been judged, and it's been awarded you know points uh, to, a, to a gold standard or a concourse level or such. And obviously that's what Mustang Club of America can offer. But I think that's important. But I also th- one of the things I think that's become important is that by becoming a member, you're able actually also then to reach out to the MCA world, as I, I guess I would call it, because if, you had, if you've got a car, but you've got questions about something, there are probably members who have already experienced a similar problem with that particular year, model, or make of uh, Mustang uh, that they can actually then call upon those folks, to hopefully, to, to get some feedback on what to do. Uh, whether it's locating parts or a service or such. And so I think that's an important part that uh, to fully utilize what Mustang Club America offers is to be able to use that also. Am I correct?
0: Yeah. And and on our MCA website, uh, you can access the judging rules. And the rules are basically the same information that is on the actual judging sheet that is used in the field. And I also want to point out too, for years and years, people go to car shows and they're worried about competing with the guy that's next to them. You know, he's got more chrome, his car is shinier, his car's in better condition. Well, MCA National Judging, you are not judged against any other vehicle on the show field. You are judged against a standard. And we judge the cars uh, primarily occasional and daily driven, specialty classes and so on and so forth like that. We judge those cars strictly for cleanliness, condition, and workmanship. Doesn't have to have original uh Parts under the hood, doesn't have to have original wheels and tires and stuff. It's just cleanliness, condition, and workmanship. Now, the other echelon of cars that we judge, the judging standard, are either concourse, thoroughbred, or unrestored. And now those cars are judged to a standard, uh, again, not against each other, to a standard on how correct is everything, uh, are the parts uh, as delivered by Ford, so on and so forth. Thoroughbred cars have to be restored. Uh, NOS Ford parts, they can't use any reproduction parts. And unrestored cars are judged on just just that. They are unrestored. So allowances are made for condition, uh, wear and tear on normal parts and stuff like that. But uh, we're looking at unrestored cars, you know, all original paint, original interior, original carpet, door panels. Everything under the hood is presentable and nice and clean. So... The unrestored, the thoroughbred, and the concours are the upper echelon of judging. But the majority of judging in the 80 classes we have is strictly cleanliness, condition, and workmanship. So it's very, very easy to compete against that standard and uh, and go home with that gold or, or silver or bronze award.
1: Well, no, I, 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 I well, obviously, I've been to a, a lot of Mustang Club of America events, and I know occasionally you'll hear someone go. Oh, I can't believe that car! That car is going to get a gold, and and they don't realize it. It doesn't matter if a car gets someone else's car gets a gold, silver, or bronze. It really shouldn't really matter what your car gets. Uh, yeah. You should not be judging someone else's car. Basically, just take care of your own, and you'll be fine. And I'm sure you and, and and we don't need to get into it, but I'm sure you've heard all kinds of stories and sometimes more or less complaints about something along those lines because people don't fully understand. You're not judged against, you know, you put 10 cars out there. They're not judged one through 10. If all 10 make gold, all 10 get gold. I mean, it's just that simple. And I think that's a great way to motivate people to want to build their car to a level that they're comfortable with, but yet be rewarded for that work without having to worry about the competition out there. Uh, that exactly. would be. That would make it just too subjective. I mean, it, it would be just so difficult because then all of a sudden this, well, why would you like that car? Because the color of this or that, and it's just not the right way to do things. Um, another area of, of Mustang Club of America that I wanted to point out, or, or, or I'll kind of touch base a little bit, that is the open track experience. While people do think of Morgan Car Show, when it comes to Mustang Club of America, they think of car shows, nationals, uh, judging uh, I think another important aspect is that there is, usually there's an attempt uh, once a year, if maybe even more than that, to at least have an open track event put on or sponsored by Mustang Club of America. And so I'm kind of curious what kind of, if you don't mind, what led to that happening uh, with Mustang Club of America. I mean, I personally, I think it's a great idea. Not that you need my approval by any means, but I think it's nice to show that it's more than just a car show. There can be car activity. Uh, And usually those car open track events have uh, autocross going on and things of that nature. But can you tell me a little bit of how that came about?
0: Well, yeah, for a number of years, basically all MCA was was a car show club. Uh, And there were a lot of people then and today, they enjoy driving their cars. Uh, You know, Ford built them to be driven. And with the, the, the newer cars, with all the creature comforts they have, it's very nice to jump in your car and make a 1,500 or 2,000 mile trip to a car show is as the mustang club of america you need to have something for everybody uh, you need to be all inclusive and so that includes cruises special events local car shows track events uh, and the the term you hear used most frequently is high performance driving events where you're not racing but you are on a racetrack whether it be a road course or charlotte motor speedway or indianapolis and you take your car out on the track that you actually watch the races on on TV. And uh, like I said, it's not a competition. It's more of a challenge to see what you and your car are capable of doing within uh, safety bounds. We're we're very, very safety conscious. We just uh, recently, uh, this year in 2022, excuse me, 2022, uh, we're planning on two high-performance driving events. Uh, One potentially in Missouri at the new track there, and uh, then back at uh, uh, Heartland Motorsports Park in Topeka, Kansas, which we had an event there this past October. Also this year, we held the MCA 45th anniversary celebration at Road Atlanta, and that was a national show combined with a high-performance driving event. And the nice thing about that, the folks that were just in the show cars uh every day at noon they were able to go do parade laps on the uh, road atlanta which was kind of exciting in itself because it's about a 2.3 mile course but uh yeah we're, we're continuing to expand we're looking at what does the membership want what do they want to do with their cars where do they want to go with their cars and uh we're continuing to expand that in, in different aspects i mentioned the mca 45th anniversary every uh five years we celebrate the mustangs anniversary and then every five years we also celebrate the organization's anniversary and these are usually in a national show format at a major motor speedway such as charlotte uh the 50th anniversary we split it and we had events going on at las vegas motor speedway and at charlotte motor speedway Uh, both of those did include driving events we're just concluded the mca 45th and we're looking forward to 2024 and beginning to uh look at the different aspects of a Mustang club, a Mustang 60th anniversary event uh, in 2024. So the plans for that are preliminary right now, but we are, we are getting the doors opened and, uh, and, and moving in that direction.
1: Well, I was going to ask that uh, when you put the ball on the tee about the 60th, if, uh, if there has been any more discussion or areas that uh, obviously it's too early to talk about, but I guess you, uh, the club is already starting to kind of formulate some ideas.
0: Yeah, because uh, January of 2022, it's going to be a major topic at our annual meeting in Kissimmee, Florida, mm-hmm. and our board of directors meeting, uh, starting to identify principal players that can put that event together because uh, we'll be barely two two years away from it.
1: No, uh, and I well know you do need a couple of years to really put it together. I have I do need to make a couple of couple quick comments. One is uh, Mustang Club of America, when they do have the driving events, as you can hear, uh, especially with the anniversary events, uh, they do go to major facilities, uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, Indianapolis Motor Speedway back in 2016. So it's not uh, not only some of the smaller tracks that they do some things with on a regular basis, but when it comes to anniversary events, uh, they're probably, I have to say probably, they are the only entity that can really put together an event of that scope and magnitude to take over an entire track, an entire facility, and put on such of an event. And uh, I do have to make one comment. When we did the fiftieth, um, Ron Bramlin and I were involved with that event. Uh I know Mr. Pruitt was a, at the time also was the club president. And I think there were a couple of times you probably had some sleepless nights, didn't you?
0: Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, leading up to it, uh the planning and the the layouts at the show field layouts at the tracks and stuff did cause me to lose a couple of nights sleep, but uh, uh I survived and uh moving moving forward uh what we want to do is identify some new people, some younger people that have got the enthusiasm and the and the zest for doing this type of thing and get them in the leadership positions uh, to move forward. So we're going to start that process in January, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep everybody informed of uh, where we're going from there.
1: Well, that's great. I, I remember that very first day of the 50th at Charlotte when I saw you walking down into the vendor area. You had a big smile on your face, and I thought, well, maybe now you can finally get a good night's sleep. Because uh, you 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 did have hands off, and I have to appreciate uh, that. Thank you for that, because it's difficult to, uh, especially an event of that size and the expense of what uh, that kind of event entails for, uh, for the club. So uh, it, I I knew you were. I knew you called every once in a while. How are things going? What's happening? And uh, I felt I you know I I all I could tell you is that there's you know there's just so much going on that we're we're all good. We're all good. Uh, and it turned out. I think it turned out well, except for Saturday's weather. Uh, everybody yeah. tells me what a great time they had, except for Saturday. And I, you know, you know, there's nothing you can do about the weather. Uh, not the, at all. There's the, the saddest thing was that that was the, that day it rained the normal average day um, for the month of April. That one day it rained more than the average month of April's rain in Charlotte. So it, <laughs> it, it was just what what are you gonna do? There's just not much you can do. So. One of the things I think it's also important to recognize is that Mustang Club America does offer or does include a monthly magazine. And you mentioned about Donald Farr and Donald Farr is well, you know, well known, of course, in the hobby. He's in our Mustang Club of uh, Mustang Owners Museum, a hall of fame. Uh, We've actually done a podcast with him also. So he's extremely well known. But uh, I think he puts together a, a great magazine and it's probably a little different than what he did at Mustang Monthly, because he does take the time to recognize individuals and clubs and events. And that's the backbone of Mustang Club of America, in my opinion, of course, is the people. And I think the clubs, of course, are a strong support. But I was hoping you would just chat a little bit about the, the regional clubs a little bit, because I think they offer something that's important for people on a more local level, in, the, in their local region or their local area, to be part of the overall Mustang hobby. Yeah, we've got
0: approximately 180 regional clubs. Uh, The majority of those, vast majority of those, are in the continental United States. Uh, We do have one in Hawaii. We've got several foreign clubs that have chartered uh, as Mustang Club of America. But the regional clubs are really the backbone of the overall organization. Each regional club has what we refer to as a regional director. And the regional director, we encourage them to attend our four board of directors meetings each year we typically have the first one is in january and uh the last few years it's been at the Meekum auction in kissimmee florida and the rest of them uh will typically be in dallas fort worth uh, which is centrally located for everybody in the country because our our 30 national directors are from all over the country east coast west coast uh, midwest and everything but our regional directors of course are all in, in all the states the regional directors actually are a quasi member of the National Board of Directors. If they attend the Board of Directors meeting, they can make motions, they can engage in discussion, they can vote on motions that are on the floor as we conduct the business of the MCA. The majority of the regional clubs also uh, host uh, one, and in many cases, more than one regional, one day or two day regional show a year all across the country. Uh, The Mustang Club of America provides their liability insurance to do that, which is a tremendous cost savings to the uh, to the local clubs. And in the local clubs, they have their own methods for judging. Some of them use modified MCA, abbreviated MCA judging rules and judging sheets to judge their shows. But again, the regional shows are kind of, if you're going to attend a national show and move up that level, the regional shows are kind of a pre-national show sort of thing where you can go and have your car judged and get an idea of what you need to do to move up to that national level but uh, typical regional clubs have a similar board of directors they have, particularly have a president vice president secretary and treasurer and a regional director and the regional director is the liaison between the regional club and the national organization if they've got a question that comes up about a show or judging or uh, expenses sponsorships they can contact the national club for advice on how to how to address those types of situations Up until 2020 and 2021, of course, due to the COVID uh, pandemic, we had a regional director summit each year. We started that in 2010. As I said, we we didn't have it in 2020 and 2021 because of the COVID thing. We are gearing up to go back to the regional director summit this year in 2022. It it will typically be in October and we typically have the regional director summit. It's a one day event, but we have it at a location whether there's something else to do, we one year we went to uh, Las Vegas, so we had a day to uh, tour the uh, Shelby facility. One of our we had at Dallas Fort Worth, we had guest speakers such as Kevin Marty come in and give a presentation. So the regional Director summit is very informative for the regional directors. Plus, it lets the regional directors get together and compare notes on issues their club has had that another club may have had and how they resolved it. So it gives them a chance to to interact with one another, work work together. So uh, yeah, the regional clubs of MCA are, are a vital part of the organization, and the national organization tries to do everything they can to assist the regional clubs in, in all of their activities.
1: I think that's one of the main things that uh, enthusiasts and clubs need to take advantage of, I guess, is to realize the communication to the national level and even to the regional level from in, from individuals, it's it's important, and it's there to uh, to, take a, to take advantage of. So if you have questions or if you're looking to do things, try something or you know what have you. You're going to find people in the hobby, especially with those that are involved with Mustang Club of America, as I said earlier, have already done those things or they've already worked those kinds of events or they've already done open track things. And they can certainly be an, a, a sounding board or or a mentor uh, for that level of how to do some of these things. Because I think more and more, especially with all the newer cars, people want to get out and drive them. They really like to go on cruises. Um, We've done a number of surveys here at the museum, and we find that the number one thing that people now again, I don't know the demographics of age or type of car they're driving, but the number one activity they like to do is cruise, is to go out as a group and cruise, go from, you know, from wherever, point A, to a place for, you know, lunch or something or such like that, and then, you know, drive to another place and back, but the idea is that cruising, it's always been popular. But I think especially with the newer cars, because people are not concerned about reliability compared to some other uh, older Mustangs, that uh, cruising has become an important part, but uh, along with the track activity and such. So I think that's a big part is the communication is draw upon everyone's experience, which actually kind of then leads me to um, which will really my last question I have is, where do you see the future for Mustangs and Mustang Club of America? You've been involved with this for a long. How, how long have you been a member of the MCA, Steve?
0: Well, I joined the MCA in the late 1990s. Uh, I uh, uh, have been on the National Board of Directors since 2000. Started off as just an act, one of the 25 national directors. Then I subsequently ran for vice president, served one term as vice president. Uh, then I ran for president and served two two-year terms as president, which is what we're, we're limited to. And then I had a break, a four-year break, and then I ran for president again. I'm in my second term of that second tenure as president. so I'll end up with a total of eight years as national president in the Mustang Club of America. Uh, of course, at the end of this term, whoever is elected president, I'm, I'm not put out to pasture. I'll, I'll move to the position on the executive committee referred to as past president. And uh, I'll stay past president for potentially four years if the new guy uh, stays for four years. Uh, I, I'm not sure when I'm going to hang it up. To me, MCA is a family. Uh, I enjoy the fellowship at the national shows and other events that we have. It's like when you talk to somebody you haven't seen since the national show last year, it's like you're talking to your next-door neighbor. Uh, the friendship and the camaraderie never stops. So we, we just enjoy being with each other. Uh, the cars are great. They're a big part of it, but I think the most important part about membership at Mustang Club of America is the friendships and the camaraderie with your right? with well, your fellow members.
1: Well, if that ha- if that happens that you're on the board, that means that for the next term and the next two terms for the next president, that'll put you on the executive board for 16 years. Is that a record?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, longer than that. I came on I came on the board. Oh, that's right. You were a VP.
1: Uh, that's right. That's uh, right. My goodness. Well. I have to say this. I obviously I've had a lot of time working with Mustang Club America, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And to be quite honest with you, it's one of the reasons why we have a museum. I have to echo what Steve said. I've made some great friendships that I do value and treasure. The people that you see are the finest that you'll you'll work with. I have worked with other car uh, companies, and at the end of the day, we always felt that boy the the folks from Mustang now. And I was always a Mustang person to begin with, so I do have. A bit of a favoritism, and I'll, I'll, I'll gladly admit that, but I have to tell you, people that you meet, the friendship you make, it, it's kind of neat where you can go to Bellingham, Washington and see people that you you saw two years ago or three years ago, but you pick it up right from where you left off, so to speak. And you get to know the, the wives, the family a bit, uh, the cars, of course. So it is it is a family is what I'm trying to get to. It's a, and it certainly captured my, uh, my interest in enjoyment, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, so I wanted to go back though to the question is what do you see in the future? What's, what's your crystal ball? You've been around for a long, long time. You've seen the, you know, all kinds of things turn left and turn right and up and down this past couple of years have probably been more the more traumatic for a lot of Mustang owners because of the type of cars coming out. But what are you, what are your thoughts for the future?
0: Well, we, we plan to intend to grow the organization as far as membership and, uh, overall activities and stuff. Uh, it, the, the, the unique thing about MCA is we only have one, one paid uh, employee and uh, that individual is actually under a contract. Uh, we contract our magazine with Pate Media Group in Lakeland, Florida. And uh, our office administrator is a contractor. Everybody else in this organization volunteers their time and their money and their their support to the organization. We, we need more volunteers to run for positions on the national directors uh, to help be involved in the day-to-day operation and running of MCA because MCA is actually it's actually a business, but it's a, it's a business uh, that's run by volunteers that love the car, love the organization, and love the people that are in the organization. So we, continue, we, we plan on continuing to expand the track events. I don't know if we'll go to three a year, but the potential exists. So that we can, the people that want to drive their cars and uh, do the high performance thing can get out of the track and do so. But yeah, we, uh, right now we just, we want to continue to grow uh, and expand and offer more value for membership in the MCA.
1: Okay, let me ask then, I do have one more question then. question I'm going to have is with with the rumors and the concerns with Ford creating other types of Mustangs. Not, now I'm not going to talk about the Mach-E because that's a different vehicle altogether. But something that it looks like that is off of a Mustang platform, but does not necessarily have an internal combustion engine. Have there, have, has the club thought about what may happen? I, and I know it's all speculative. I understand that. But I'm just kind of curious if the club's kind of thought about what happens if well, Ford goes into a hybrid or into an electric. Uh, at SEMA this year, they introduced a crate motor that's electric which means someone who has the engineering know-how could take that possibly and turn a 65 into an electric car um, in, in theory. But I was just curious, has there been thought or conversation about some things like that to happen? Will that? How would that might affect the, the hobby?
0: Well, when Ford first introduced the Mustang in 1964, one of their marketing uh, uh, cliches or whatever was, Mustang, the car designed to be designed by you. And we've always subscribed to that thought that it's your car. Make it what you want it to be. And if that means putting an electric motor in it, then that's your choice. Do it, enjoy it, and have fun with it. You know, Mustang Club of America was asked to basically give their opinion on the Mach-E when it was introduced. And uh, I, I gave that opinion. Said I said Ford is a, is a company. They're a business. And I'm sure their marketing teams have looked in to what's going to become and what the uh what the demographic's going to be or is it going to be accepted the biggest pushback we saw was the fact that it had the name Mustang on it and it really didn't resemble the traditional Mustang which is a which is a sporty long roof flat deck lid type thing it you know it i mean let's let's admit it it's it's an SUV i had a lot of people that criticized me for saying Ford was looking at the future and going forward, and it wasn't for everyone. But there were people that were going to embrace it, and we were seeing the sales. It's been embraced. I mean, the sales were through the roof on this thing. I went to pick my granddaughter up at school one day, and uh, the teacher walked up and she said, "You're Mister Pruitt. You're the Mustang Club of America national president." I said, "Yes, ma'am, I am." She said, "I just bought a brand new Mach E Mustang," and I said, "Well, good for you. I hope you enjoy it." She said, "Oh, I love it. I just absolutely love it." So. I mean, there's something, for. Would be, it's kind of like Mustang Club America. We hope Ford to con- continues to build something for everybody. I think our current Mustang, uh, uh, as we know it, is uh, Ford has indicated that it's here at least through 2030. We hope it's long after that. But, uh, you know, things are changing. Lifestyles are changing as far as electric cars or modified classics with electrics. That's just uh, the fact of the matter. That's going to happen. People are going to do what they want to do with these cars, and we encourage that. We encourage them to make the car your car, do whatever you want to with it, just enjoy it and have fun with it.
1: Well, that's actually why I wanted to ask that question because I kind of knew the answer already. Uh, I think it comes down to, as you said a moment ago, is that Mustang Club America is for everybody. No matter what kind of Mustang you have, it is for everybody. Uh, They don't judge you on your car because of the type of car you have or why you have a car. They just judge the Mustang. And it is a it is a family. So if yes, there are going to be uh, other Mustangs coming out there. There already is electric Mustang. Uh, there, I think that I know one. I, I know of a company or a guy made a '68 fastback that's all electric. So there are some already out there. But the idea is that it doesn't matter if it's electric or gas powered or or <laughs> I guess whatever power it may get it may come to in the future. Mustang Club America is a family for Mustangs, no matter what it is. And so. I think that's an important point I wanted to kind of let people understand, which you which you explain, is that it is for everybody. So there are no, oh, we don't like this, we don't like that. It is for everybody, and that's what's so neat about it, that uh, there are lots of different Mustangs out there. I can attest to that we see a lot of different Mustangs, and I'm sure you've seen hundred times more unusual, different types of Mustangs that are Mustangs, but they, people have made it their own, their way, and it's, you have, it's they're commended for that. So I think that's great. So I, I do want to wrap it up. Uh, was there anything anything else I left off, Steve? No, I
0: appreciate you giving me the opportunity to to share my thoughts and uh, and ideas on uh, what Mustang Club of America is and and what it strives to do on a day to day basis. Uh, I would encourage everybody to uh, join the Mustang Club of America. We've got a lot of a uh, lot to uh, valued offer. One thing that uh, did I mention the X plan?
1: I think you did, but go ahead and tell us again because that's an important that's an important piece. <laughs> Well, the the X-Plan is
0: available to all digital and standard members to uh, purchase a new Ford vehicle at a reduced price. Uh, And additionally, Meekum Auctions is one of the corporate sponsors of Mustang Club of America. And if you want to go to a Meekum auction, uh, any of their auctions, you can standard bidder's passes at a uh, $100, uh, a 50% discount to regular price. Regular price is $200, and MCA members can get them for $100. So you can go to the auctions and stuff. So that's uh that's kind of a nice thing do. we also have uh ECOC classic insurance is a corporate sponsor from mustang club of america if you insure your it doesn't have to be a classic you can insure any mustang with Heacock classic and uh and get a slight uh, discount for being a mustang club of america member so uh, uh just just a lot of different things that are available uh we encourage everybody to join mca become a member and uh, we promise you'll you'll enjoy the membership uh, you'll uh enjoy the benefits and. Uh, and hope we'll keep you renewing every year when the renewal comes up.
1: Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. I should mention that Mr. Pruitt probably has one of the more thankless jobs in the Mustang hobby. The gentleman, of course, is involved with so many different aspects, with so many different clubs, so many different events. Uh, he uh, he spends a great amount of his time just on that. But I I, I obviously you do it because you enjoy it. So, but I do know there are times you probably want to say, "Why am I doing this?" But uh, that goes with anything. But when you consider how much time it takes for you to do what you do, uh, and where the Mustang Club—I I, mean—I'll be honest with you—I first started before uh, you became president, and you can certainly see the differences. It's becoming more and more of a professional, I guess, if that's the right word. I don't want—I don't want to say the give you the wrong connotation. It is a business, but it's being run and organized better uh, these last couple, you know, the last number of years. I, I want to say. And not not from my opinion. I just think because the the membership is growing, I think that's a testament to the fact that the club is responding to the needs of what the members are looking for or potential members are looking for. And I shouldn't say all. I should also say this that Steve was also awarded the Lea Iacocca Award. Gosh, I don't remember what year. Although I have the I have his Lea Iacocca Award here in the museum, so maybe (laughs) I should go over and look at it. So what year was it, Steve?
0: I believe it was at Columbus. It was in Columbus, Ohio, at the Grand National.
1: Ah,
0: uh, that was uh, twenty. Was,
1: that was was that twenty fifteen?
0: I believe it was fifteen. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, though, you are the last recipient of that award.
0: Right. The uh, IACO Foundation discontinued the award. Award they'd been given the award for ten years, and uh, I was the last one uh, that uh, was given uh, to the Mustang Club of America.
1: Having to know Steve and. Involved with going to the uh, being the MCA merchandise uh, company, got to know Steve quite well, and I gotta tell you what, it was well deserved because it is a volunteer job, and sometimes when that happens, it's also a thankless job. But uh, Steve has always held the, held the course and uh, you know gone the right way with it. I, in my opinion, so I, I can not thank you enough for being on it. And I, I gotta also thank you just for getting to know you and helping us. I mean, you've been a bigger part than you re- may realize with the museum and what we've done hobby wise. But I want to just thank you for uh, for that personally. Uh, I have a lot of respect for you and you've done it. And in my opinion, it's strictly, it's simply that it's just a hell of a job. So Congratulations and thank you for being part of our podcast.
0: Sounds good, Steve. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.